Yeah. Episode number 27 of the Emerald Lane Podcast. I'm your host, Sonny Coates, broadcasting live from Beaubourg, Paris, France, in an apartment on lockdown. We are all locked down. Me, by the decree of the French government. COVID is f***ing up the economy. Here we are, people, under the bright lights. It has finally happened. We woke up one day and we found ourselves in the midst of a true black swan event. And what can you do? There's nothing you can do about it. Accept it. Accept that things are going to change for a while. Hunker down. Be creative. Take time to heal. That's what I'm doing. Every day, meditating, doing relaxation exercises, healing. I'm, I'm realizing that I don't, I don't need to run around as much as I usually do. Every single day when things were normal, I was just running around for no reason. So I, uh, I have empathy for you. I know what you're going through. Uh, here in France, we can't even, uh, you need a certificate to walk around. You will be controlled by the police. They are on horseback. They are roaming the streets like the warriors, the gang. If they catch you kind of just hanging out, you know, you're not jogging because you can exercise and you can shop. And if you're just hanging out in a random place, you will be run up on and controlled. That's what they say in Europe. When the police stops you, they say you're, the police is controlling you. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. They need to come up with a better word. Controlled. I don't like to be controlled. I mean, bro, you got a question for me. Just ask me the question. Don't, don't try to control me. We're good. Worldwide quarantine. You know the entomology of the word quarantine? You hear the word quarantine and you just think, okay... People are being isolated for health reasons. But the entomology of the word quarantine, that's actually a French word, quarantine, from the number quarante, which means 40. But the history goes back even further to the days of the great pestilence, the Black Plague, the Venetian word quarantena, which of course means 40 days. The number of days that trading ships had to dock offshore so that sailors didn't bring Black Plague into the cities. This was the old school, original flattening of the curve that we all know and love today. Can you imagine being at sea, probably for a month, like sailing for Italy, having visions of, of uh, getting out and you know, being able to go to a pub, to, I don't know what they did back in the days. They didn't go to a club, I, I guess. You know, you went to <laughs> some kind of place, people playing music, women, and you're a sailor. I'm getting off, man. This is great. I could see shore straight ahead. It's time. You get there, and the county clerk runs up on the ship frantically. Yo, y'all got to chill on the boat for 40 days. Right there, just right here at the dock, 40 days. I'm sorry. You think you're going crazy now? 
in your apartment with Netflix and uh, Instagram and Wi-Fi, <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Imagine being on a ship for 40 days, looking at the, looking at the shore 20 feet away. <laughs> so yeah, there's a little bit of trivia for you. Quarantine trivia. You know, this is a, this is a change out of nowhere. And all we can do is do our best to adjust and to roll with the punches. Uh, personally, I have started to form my own quarantine lifestyle and schedule. And I'm sure, have you done that? Has your, your schedule changed around the quarantine? I guess I wake up at around 10 in the morning. Stay there for about an hour until 11. I do hear that ever-present critical voice in my head scolding me. It's 11, it's 11 o'clock. You haven't got out of bed yet. What are you doing? You can't, you can't do this. This can't keep going like this. And then I, I remind him. I say, dude, I can't. We can't leave the apartment. You know this. There's nowhere to go. What do you want me to do? You want me to wake up at 6 a.m. and start doing push-ups? There's nothing. It's, this is out of our hands. So after that, I guess I, that's when I get serious. I do a, an intense, like, two-hour exercise uh, routine slash yoga flow. Does anybody else resent the fact that they call it a yoga flow now? Is it just me? Am I just being bitter? So yeah, I do my, uh, my flow. <laughs> Squats, push-ups, sit-ups. Uh, nothing's flowing. Every day I do it, I, th I say to myself, I don't want to do this today. <laughs> Please. Let's take a break. Or let's, let's do a modified easy set today. But you do it. You got to do it. You got to stay healthy. So I finish up with my exercise and then have breakfast or brunch. <laughs> Thrill is brunch because it's 2.33 p.m. And after that, it's time for my daily suntan. At or around 3 o'clock, 3.30, it's, it's starting to change now. You know, in Europe, in Europe it's different than the United States. The sun right now, the sun is setting here at like 9 p.m., even though spring has just begun. But around 3.30, now 4, this patch of beautiful, glorious sunlight, it spills forth through my windows and cascades down upon the floor. It's the perfect size for tanning. I put a yoga mat down with a towel and I strip naked. And then I, I, I lay down and I and absorb all of the cosmic light emanating from the center of our solar system. Photons ringing true with all kinds of cosmic nutrients that we can't even quantify. We don't know the name of. And that's how you get your vitamin D, people. You get some good vitamin D. It's good for your, it's good for your mind frame. It cuts down on depression. Lay in the sunlight, absorb it, feel the heat and the warmth on your skin. Treat yourself. I will say, sometimes I wonder if anyone can see me. 
because across the courtyard there there are uh, there's a row of buildings that have some apartments that are higher than mine so maybe they can they have a view they have a vector they can look down and see me tanning there this fool tanning naked on his floor anyway i tan get my vitamin d and uh you may or may not be able to hear it but i'm getting over a head cold could be the rona haven't been able to smell or to taste for the last couple of days i i feel but i feel good i feel a lot better i've been improving and getting stronger you know wouldn't that be a relief you uh you pass through the the hellish gates of the the grips of the coronavirus and you came out unscathed on the other side what a relief because then you could walk outside with supreme confidence the vibe on the streets is uh is so new and strange how many people are wearing masks now how sci-fi has this become i've seen footage from my friends back home in the US of grocery stores the lines the uh the arguments and the hoarding people getting uh popped upside the head it's crazy man people are trying to survive out there you know it's just, it's more of a survival mentality that capitalism has created because if you don't get yours for you and your family you're going to zero that's it you're done and you're out on the streets so people behave like animals here it's more it's it's more chill it's it's a socialist ethic the government here will bail you out it will write you a check and you have free healthcare when i shop and i'm in the grocery stores here it's a different story it's calm quiet although although just as disturbing just just on a more bizarre level like i remember this week i came back from jogging i said let me let me stop in and, and get some bananas i need some kombucha and you know you you're walking down the deserted european streets it's like 28 days later you know that movie the zombie movie you're walking down the cobblestone streets completely deserted i see the the lone figure of a stumbling madman in the distance of course coming towards me you know the drill i s- slipped on my ice grill that hardcore thousand mile gaze yo i'm not the one the guy comes up to me he's he's babbling in french i don't know what he's saying i you know i kind of gave him he, he kind of pressed me close i kind of i kind of almost gave him a, a bow to the chest like my man and i'm thinking this is not what i had in mind when i was back in southern california did i fly all the way over here just to be boxing in the streets with a homeless man <laughs> here on the on the the deserted streets of of paris this is not what i had in mind anyway the guy you know he's mumbling but he retreats into the background i slip into the supermarché only to find not a single soul not even the cashier no one for about 15 minutes 
I'm thinking, am I doing too much? Should I have come outside? Should I be in here? <laughs> the existential dread that was accompanying me as I walked up and down the aisles of the grocery store. And what made it worse was that like Backstreet Boys was blasting hardcore from the speakers. And who knows, what if, what if that madman, wh what was he saying? Maybe he was warning me, don't go in there. So, so while people aren't hoarding here, thankfully, I am experiencing a more bizarre dynamic in a lot of ways. No matter where you go, you can't hide. You can't hide from the drama and the challenge and the trial that has hit the planet Earth. On that note, I'm, I'm going to slide into uh, the first piece of music. It's a rather celestial and peaceful, calming song, which I think we all can use at a time like this. I hope you enjoy episode number 27 of the Emerald Lane podcast. I'll be back in a few minutes.
David Sylvan, research David Sylvan, and a very esoteric underground pop star that had his start in a early 80s band, new wave band called Japan. That song was called Taking the Veil. The windows in my living room are open, the huge French doors, and I'm peering out into the courtyard. Veils. I'm fascinated by veils. What veils are being pulled back from human civilization's collective consciousness at this time via the surprise package of the coronavirus? Have you thought about that? Have you taken a moment to ponder? You know, at times like this, I like to consult the stargazers and the astrologers. To some people that may sound ridiculous and irresponsible, incomprehensible, preposterous. But why? You know, in this life, you have to be open-minded and take in information coming from varying sources, from the sciences, from the medical field, the physicians, the philosophers, the politicians, and the astrologers, why not? You know, the ancient Romans and the ancient Greeks, they used to consult oracles, psychics. This is a magical reality. Let's not forget that. So every now and then I like to uh, consult astrologers. And the reason why is I had a very impactful moment that happened to me when I was younger. Circa 2001. Let's go back. Go back with me in time. To 2001 in the summer I was living in Brooklyn New York I was dating a very strange girl at the time she was a reckless hippie an impulsive maniac and she was the intern for an urban shamaness a woman shaman and one day, this girl I was dating, Paula, Paula, she was a Colombian girl. She was, very, she was a very pretty girl. What's that, that Leonard Cohen line from that song? Beautiful song, Suzanne. He's in her apartment and he says, and you know she's half crazy, but that's why you wanna be there. So I was under the spell of this beautiful Colombian girl and she invited me one day to go on a, a bus ride 
with a group that was being led by this urban shaman. The bus trip, the day trip, was going to leave Brooklyn and depart for some beach in Long Island. And there was going to be a ceremony at the shore. We were going to do something, uh, write our wishes and our dreams on a piece of paper and, and burn them and toss them into the ocean. So I'm, you know, I'm all for that. That's a very strange activity. I, I want to go. I want to see this. Sign me up. And I'll never forget this. It was a very hot day in July. We ride this bus to Long Island. I'd never been to Long Island. It was a beautiful beach. The bus was full of, of older hippie types, strange people, my kind of people. And in a dramatic moment, right before we were allowed out onto the beach, the leader, the, the woman shaman, she, she stood up in the middle of the aisle and beckoned for all of our attention. She wanted to share with us what the astrological omens were portending for the very near future. And I'll never forget this. It was a very ominous moment. She said, according to her astrological readings, her, her data, there was going to be war soon in the fall. The war drums were beating. And I thought, I thought that was odd. Because at the moment, there was no war on the horizon. There were, there were no beefs that, that I knew of. Everything was very peaceful and chill. Summer of 2001. And I'll never forget, when she said that the war drums were beating, a chill went through my spine. It was the most ominous feeling. It made me nervous. I sat there, I said, Jesus Christ, what is this lady talking about? It stuck with me. And of course, fast forward, two or three months later, the United States was attacked. I say attacked in uh, quotation marks <laughs> for all my conspiracy theory heads. The United States was attacked on 9-11. And indeed, the country went to war. The culture, the world was changed forever. How could this woman know these things by consulting the stars? How could she have told the future? This is impossible. But yet it happened. I was there. So every now and then I like to consult the better astrologers and see, see what they say. And I found a very good astrologer through Instagram. And I went to her website. And I'd like to share a passage of something she wrote in January. Her name is Juliana McCarthy, and her website is uh, etherealculture.com. So, January 1st, 2020, she writes, Astrologically, 2020 is one of the most significant life-changing years in human history. Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto will form conjunctions in Capricorn for the first time in nearly 4,000 years which will begin a whole new age in humanity. This year presents profound shifts as the planets insist that we release outworn paradigms and beliefs, making room for an age of greater freedom, high-mindedness, truth, and egalitarianism. 
Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. Saturn is systems, structures, society, and karma. And Jupiter represents our beliefs. Joined together, these planets are speeding up our evolution, pushing us into deeper insights and transformation, which come when we're able to face the reality of who we are. Lastly, she says, here we are beginning Saturn's journey through Aquarius. Already we're experiencing Aquarian calamity and upheaval, which will certainly lead to long-lasting change in our culture and society. We're reflecting on everything from money to how we cook, how we connect, how we live together, and how we relate to the earth. Interesting words and interesting astrological reading. You know, you have to factor all these things in. I know some people will think this is woo-woo pseudoscience, but here we are inside of a mystery simulated reality. Why wouldn't you read magical texts that the celestial bodies are dictating to us? Why wouldn't you? You should be reaching for any number of diverse data points in order to come to your own conclusion in this life. That's how it works. That's called intelligence and, and open-mindedness. By the way, that was, that was early January when she penned that post and it was somewhat of a harbinger. You know what a harbinger is? I've always liked that word, a harbinger. It's, it's an omen and something that foretells the future symbolically. What is going on? The effects from the COVID-19 pandemic on the planet Earth, on the human civilization. Well, for one thing, there's a global pause and a reflection period. Everybody's isolated and reflecting on their lives. Has this ever happened? It's interesting because we're all connected via the web. So we're, we're all feeding back. All these nodes are feeding back on each other. A period of mass reflection, people thinking about their lives. A lot of us are isolated, like me. I'm, I'm just alone in an apartment in Paris for, for a month, two months. Most of the time, I'd say 95% of the time, alone. Looking down from my ivory tower, wondering what the hell is going on. Facing my shadow. Everybody right now is facing their shadow. Your fears your weaknesses, and you're having to wrestle, you're having to grapple with it. Yeah, but this is therapeutic, because that's how, that's how your character builds strength. You know how in the Bible, when Christ had to grapple with his lower nature? This is what we're all experiencing at the same time. Yes, there's nowhere to run. <laughs> you just have to sit down and deal with it. Everybody at the same time. But that's good. It leads to the rethinking of systems, you, you think about your priorities. We rethink society. Everyone's, a lot of people are getting healthy. They're tuning into YouTube and they're, and they're exercising. They're thinking about their health. You know, you got to think about your health during this pandemic. I think it's not emphasized enough. We're, we're, we're told to be afraid of the virus and if you have any underlying health issues and, and we're basically weakened. We're put in a negative mind frame, but we're never told, hey, you got to strengthen your body. This is a time of war, a time to be strengthening your body and your mind.
to be filling your mind with positive thoughts of strength and that your immune system is a miracle worker and that it can handle the onslaught of a, of a novel coronavirus. It can. And that if you were wise and prudent, you'd start exercising every day, whether, whether that be walking, breath work, uh, eating healthier, cutting out the alcohol, abstaining from poison, things that are going to weaken your body. Yeah, this is a time of war, baby. You got to change things. You got to make adjustments. They never tell you that. But now you're sitting here and you got to reflect on that. And you'd be wise to do these things. We're going to look back in 20 years and we will see that this was a catalyst for innovation. It, it will be the thing that propelled us forward. It, was a, it provided a leap forward technologically. I mean, you can see the future society taking shape right in front of your eyes if you are observant. Think of all the strides being made in biotech to defeat the virus. This is going to accelerate CRISPR gene editing. In the future, we'll be able to make edits to our DNA so that we can't even catch viruses. I know it sounds, it sounds far out. Maybe to some of you it sounds like um, an unnatural thing to do. But who's to say what's natural and what's unnatural? We, we have these tools and these possibilities at our disposal inside of this simulation. What are the rules? What's right and wrong? What's up and down? It's just new levels of the game unfolding before our eyes. We're reimagining work. We're all ultra connected now through FaceTime. I'm, I'm more connected with my friends than I ever was. Friends in far-flung reaches of the planet. People are thinking about things like UBI. I mean, look, look, we're all getting checks from the government. And we can argue that back and forth. But the point is that this, this possibility that was remote before is now a reality. And that opens the door for concepts like a universal basic income. This is the reimagining and the reshaping of a society, of a planet. I mean, I'm seeing drones in China popping up and uh, shouting people down, screaming on people, telling them, hey, get the f out of here, go home. What do you think you're doing being out here? That's probably not a great positive, but, but this is the future that we're heading into. It's going to be a combination of 1984, dystopian, slash utopian. Human life is rarely ever perfect, but it's rarely ever a full-on dark equation. It's going to be a mix of both. There'll always be positive and negatives, ladies and gentlemen. And the future society is being born right before our eyes. Think of all the, sh the ideas and memes that are being shared at a hyper rate right now. Clips, links, kitten videos. There's an accelerated, technological, creative... I don't know, what, what would you call this? Maelstrom? Uh, a chaos. I can even see us finding a way to institute online voting. Why go out like it's 1955 to some uh, elementary school gymnasium and <laughs> punch a tab, a Scantron, like this is 1975, 
risking, risking uh, getting infected and, and infecting other people? It's possible. Don't listen to the popular narrative that we're fed of how we cannot vote online. It'll be hacked. That's not true. We keep money. We keep billions and trillions of dollars in banks and we use online apps. Why can't we vote online? It's possible. Certainly, where there is a will, there's a way. So these are just some of the things that are, are top of mind. The changes, the way that humanity is transmuting this grand negative into creativity, innovation, connectivity, and a brighter future, or at least a more interesting future, because that's what we do as human beings. That's our MO. We keep replicating and stretching into the far-flung, unknown expanses of the simulated realm, and we innovate. We arrive at solutions, and no pestilence, no virus, no war, no, no challenge is going to alter that, maybe in the short term, but in the long term, all of these things will be defeated. On that note, I think it's time to go into a couple more songs. And just in case you haven't noticed, we are mashing foot to the floor, pedal to the metal, sexily coasting through the Emerald Lane. Episode number 27. 27. 27.
Take six, a vocal group, I remember them from the 90s. Beautiful six-part harmonies. Uh, I can't lie to you, man. I was, uh, I was listening along with you, and uh, that song brought tears to my eyes, man. I had to bow my head and shed a tear. Had to let it out, man. Had to, uh, had to let my emotions come to the surface and, uh, and purge a little bit, man. It felt good. It's, uh, it's, it's heavy at times. I was in line when I said earlier that because of this pandemic and the self-isolation, a lot of us have been forced to face our own shadows. You know, being isolated, being alone, 
thinking about life, overthinking about life. It's very ominous, I can't lie about that. The culture uh, metamorphosizing in front of your eyes, all of the people wearing masks. A shock to the system from out of nowhere with no warning. Oh my God, 2020. You knew we weren't gonna get out of this year without some bullshit happening. 2020? How long, how many decades have we been using that, that number as a reference to clear, perfect vision? 2020 vision. 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 There was no way we were going to escape this year without some form of a drastic trial. The omens, they're all around. Sometimes I look back with hindsight and I can see that there were certain symbolic instances that were foreshadowing the events to come. Now, for instance, in my neighborhood here in Paris, I live in the courtyard of the Pompidou Center. And if you walk south through this corridor of buildings that I'm pointing to right now, there's, a, there's an art installation that popped up probably about two weeks before the... Uh, the self-isolation began. And if you can envision this, there are about 50 or 60 bird cages, each with a single bird, all together that are hanging from these reeds. And it's the oddest thing. It's like a community of birds, yet they're all imprisoned in their own cage. I thought, what is the symbolism behind this? Why? Very ominous. Also, about three weeks before the self-isolation hit, there's a gift shop in this area of Paris called Opera. I went there one afternoon and bought a bunch of postcards. And there was one in particular that really resonated with me, actually. It's a painting from the turn of the century. I'm looking at it right now as I speak. It's all my credenza. Stood up, leaning against the wall. It's the, the painting of a single solitary man standing at a balcony, windows open, and he's peering out onto the deserted streets of Paris. The buildings look exactly like the buildings that are in my courtyard. And his terrace is very similar to mine. He even has a red chair behind him. I have a red chair in my house. And it's, uh, it's with hindsight, with 2020 hindsight, that one looks back at these things and wonders, did they pop up coincidentally? Am I, am I reading too much into it? Or are these symbolic references to the future? I guess one never knows. It's all, always going to be a subjective perspective, I guess. It's an ominous time. But listen, it's also a time of uh, mass transmutation. You know what transmutation is? To transmute something. To change one form into something else, into an opposite. The transmutation of fear into faith. Transmuting limitation and panic into new ways of living transmuting weeks of idle time into creativity 
and innovation into better relationships with our family and our friends, transmuting one opposite into another. But I won't lie to you, it's, uh, it's difficult. And I can only offer the words that my father used to tell me, my father Gerald Coates, rest in peace. At times he'd, he'd give me these long lectures. He'd just tell me that there are situations in life that you have no control over. It's out of your hands, so just put your head down and uh, get back to work doing something positive because it's just nothing you can do. And, and there's, a bit of a, there's a bit of a relief in those words. You, you feel your shoulders, the tension in your shoulders kind of drop and become at ease because hey, it's, this is out of my hands. So all you can do is do your best and know that these times, they're, they're just not going to last forever. It's not always going to be like this. It's a temporary thing and... and and in that regard, maybe uh, you should relish in the, the drastic pain of this time because it's short-lived. Relish in it. See what new positive aspects of your character you can, you can build using uh, <laughs> the raw smack upside the head that is the coronavirus pandemic. You can do it. Even if you break down the way I just did, you break down into tears and you uh, fold yourself into the fetal position. That's okay. It's okay to cry and to break down. It's actually, uh, it's actually it feels good. Let some tears roll out of your eyes. Let all that emotion come out. You've been holding it for too long. You've been holding it for too long, man. So I I'll leave you with this. Try to focus on coming out of this, this uh, quarantaine with new tools. Come out better than before. You can do it. Transmute this negative into uh, a visceral, vivid, rainbow positive. You know, if you've lost your job, use this time. Use it as an opportunity to rethink, reprioritize your life. That's why. That's why these things happen. Venture down a new path. Venture boldly down a new path. If you are facing your shadow, trust and believe me, it's because you, you have to stop running away and, and stuffing this, this issue into the back of your psyche. It's time for you to turn around and face it headlong. It's for you to form a profound faith and to develop new techniques of living and of strength and of being more healthy. That's why these things happen. Don't run away from it. Don't numb yourself. Face it head on. Go head up with it, baby. Stand up strong. Don't punk out now. This ain't the time for that. On that note, thank you for listening. And I'll be back sooner than later. So until the next time. End of line.